This is episode 63 of the Next Year Now podcast. Hey, I'm Jeff Sanders, author of the 5AM Miracle book and host of the 5AM Miracle podcast. If you want to find your own path to success, freedom, and happiness, then stop what you're doing right now and start listening to the Next Year Now podcast with my friend, Tom Hefner. We have something that we talked about quite a lot in our podcast, which is called the rule of three, which is give, give, take. So, you know, I, I don't want my audience, I don't want our target audience who are follow, our followers, whatever you want to call them, to be constantly bombarded with, hey, buy me, buy me, buy me, buy me, buy me, because as a buyer myself, I'm not interested in that. Welcome to the Next Year Now podcast with Tom Hefner. Tom believes that if you really want to thrive at work and in life, then every day, purposeful habits and practices are vital. The Next Year Now podcast will not only help you identify and integrate these habits into your daily life, but also bring you key insights and lessons from some of the most successful people in their fields. And here is your host, Tom Hefner. Hello and welcome to the podcast devoted to helping you thrive at work and in life. The topic of habits and practices is always front and center in our discussion, but we also explore how we use these habits and practices to improve our personal development, productivity, creativity, health and well-being, business, and entrepreneurship. After releasing over 60-plus podcast episodes, one thing I can tell you is how you market your online content matters. It's the reason that I can attract guests like Adam Grant, Tom Rath, and Angela Duckworth, just to name a few, to come on to this show. So if you want to learn how you can become more creative when it comes to your own online marketing and advertising, then you first need to learn the fundamentals of innovation. And that's where today's sponsor comes into play. And that's because Tom Hefner Enterprises Innovation Training is sponsoring this week's podcast episode. What makes Tom Hefner's innovation training so effective is that I teach you concrete methods to improve and accelerate your ability to think creatively. You're going to walk away from day one being able to boost your creativity by 100 times over. I promise you. If you want to learn more, then go to TomHefner.com slash work. You can read all about the innovation training and consulting work that I do over there. But I would tell you, don't take my word for it. Check out my testimonials and my client list. That's what I'm most proud of. I work with leading companies like Accenture, Porsche Car, and Starbucks, to to name a few. If you do any kind of online business, then you know one of the most important things that you can do is to learn how to advertise and market to your customers online. It's not the easiest And it's not always the most intuitive. And that's why I'm excited to speak with Jay Ludgrove in today's episode. In our conversation, I'll be asking Jay to discuss what we're all getting wrong when we advertise online or create online digital content. The unique services that his digital marketing agency offers. The most important piece of advice he's ever shared about starting your own business. If you're thinking about starting your own company, then you don't want to miss this book recommendations to help you own and understand your journey in life and business, and so much more. Jay Ludgrove is the managing director and co-founder of GL Pro UK, an international podcast production and digital marketing agency, 
And what GL Pro UK and Jay do is they create content for businesses and brands that are looking to utilize the power of social media to tell their story and reach their audience. Jay, thank you for joining us today and welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you, Tom. I'm really humbled to be here. Thank you. I am excited about this. Look, you all know that I preach the value and importance of digital content creation and marketing. The work that I do, the work that a lot of us do online, I'm talking about digital content creation, marketing, it's all critical. And I've spoken to a lot of thought leaders in the past, for example, people like I don't know, AJ Wilcox in episode 28 and Moitza Mars in episode 39. And standing out in the digital world today, it's just not easy. And so that's why I'm excited about our conversation with Jay today. We're going to get to all that goodness that Jay has to share, you know, about digital content and marketing. I promise. I really do. But first, <laughs> let's get to know him a bit more. Jay, tell me about yourself. Like, where are you from and, and what led you to this, this crazy world of online business? Okay, well, as, as you can probably tell from the accent, I'm uh, based out of the UK. This is, I'm not just a, a huge Downton Abbey fan and, and I'm putting on a silly accent. Which is a great um, show, by the way. <laughs> from what I hear, I think, it's, I think it might be our most famous export that no one watches here. Um, so I, um, my, my, myself and my business partner, Tony, we started the company about three, oh, in fact, we've just had our third birthday. Um, when we, before we started it, uh, Tony and I are best friends. Uh, we've been in bands together, run studios. Um, but he was working at Microsoft for about eight years and I was working in high end IT security sales. Um, one of the things that we both saw from working in, I guess the IT industry was how often marketing was kind of done badly. Um, and you know, especially from my side as a salesperson, I've never been that technical. Um, I've always been more interested in the conversation than I am necessarily with the tech. And I think those two things could kind of sit with different roles. I think it's really important to have someone who's super techie. And, and I say techie about whatever your product is, if it's podcasting, if it's IT, if it's video production, whatever, whatever you're doing, one person who really knows their onions uh, and then someone else who can have a conversation is, is kind of wonderful. Now, if you can roll that in and put it into one person, then you've, you know, you, you've, you've got the superpower. <laughs> you really do. Yeah, exactly. You've got the danger. Um, but uh, I always used to upset me sitting in meetings and being, you know, essentially given a rundown of a new technology or a new product or a new service and see terrible marketing, which felt like it was designed by marketers for marketing's sake, as opposed to by the people who are going to, or, you know, by marketers to be put in front of who's going to use it. And it didn't seem to me at the time, like a lot of content was necessarily focused on the problem, the fix, the issue that clients are having. And I see it as a big problem because too many people are kind of focused on creating something and not necessarily thinking about the what. So Tony and I, uh, from humble beginnings, just like, uh, Amazon and Microsoft and Hewlett-Packard, <laughs> et cetera, um, went down to his great big shed at the end of his garden, and uh, we got involved, quite frankly. So before that, for about six or six to eight months beforehand, we'd been um, podcasting together, hobbyist podcast, good fun, uh, sitting down with musicians and interviewing people. And uh, we were actually nominated for, for an award uh, of best podcast in the world, which was very Ooh. humbling to 
Yeah, I know, right? After six months. Um, and it was great. We got to, you know, it was a black tie event and we got invited to this event and we did not win, not even a little bit. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we were, we, were, we were invited to go and I kind of realized from, from being at that event surrounded by a lot of podcasters that quite a few of them tend to sit in the techie side. And from understanding IT and knowing that content creation really will tend to be almost the same way that I've always assumed that sales should be is the fact is there's going to be an expert in it and someone who can converse or verbalize that expert's knowledge. And sitting around at the podcast awards, I kind of realized that, oh, I have that guy. Tony, my business partner, is always the smartest man in the room, especially if I'm in that room. And, <laughs> um, and you know, we could actually utilize him and um, and his skills with regards to tech and his knowledge in uh, audio, because as I said, we've been running studios and recording albums for, for a decade beforehand. So GL Pro was kind of born there. And, and I have to admit, we, we, we didn't necessarily expect to work internationally. That was a shock to us as, as much as everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, but what happened was is, is very quickly we realized that you guys over in the U.S. understand podcasting. And to be honest, content creation as a whole, more so than the rest of the world. You kind of jumped on the bandwagon a little bit before the rest of the world. So we, we tend to have, even to this day, 80 to 85 percent of all of our business is, is, is with you guys across the pond. And I think it comes down to like an overall understanding of, you know, the necessity to release content. From working in podcasting in the UK, we also found ourselves kind of in the back door of some of the biggest companies in the world of their marketing teams, which was great because uh, it meant we were able to expand our company quite quickly and uh, move into digital marketing uh, strategy and content creation and then video as well. And now we kind of break our services down into four wonderful areas, which is podcasting, design, video, and digital marketing as a whole, where we kind of take care of that for people. That's pretty cool. Uh, My wife is from Belgium originally. So when you were saying like, well, you know, you guys kind of understand the, you know, the whole podcasting and and content creation thing a little better. It immediately resonated with me of having conversations with, you know, her cousins or her family Mm. members talking about podcasts. I'm like, have you listened to it? And they're like, what are you podcasting? What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it's uh it's just a different culture i still find that we're having to educate people in the uk and europe about what a podcast is and i i, I personally put some of that down to um the goliath that is the bbc uh i know you get you guys get bbc america over there uh with some good shows on it but, um, <laughs> there we go okay cool <laughs> um, so uh, the BBC is, is a complete behemoth here. It's, it, you know, it is the heavyweight champion of broadcasting yeah. in the UK. But there's a, an awful lot of radio shows. And what they did very early on, so maybe five plus, maybe six years ago, maybe, maybe even more, is jumped full into podcasting. But essentially what they do is just repackage broadcast radio uh, okay. as a podcast. And um, obviously this isn't a, a video show, but you, if, if it was, you'd see me doing the, uh, the bunny ears um <laughs> podcast because i think what we're doing now tom is a podcast and i think that's content whereas repackaging a broadcast radio show isn't because one of the great things about podcasting and this kind of content creation is it's not limited to the rules of broadcasting um you know you can talk longer form you're not having to stop every five minutes and go and now the weather um, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Um, and I I think that's really important. Let me kind of, uh, pull the thread on this a little bit more. And so you have this unique spot 
in the industry where you get to see and work with and leverage the things that you you learn in America, uh, mm. but you also get to leverage and see the things that work in Europe and in the UK. And so this is and this is not meant to sound bad, but like what makes you different? Or what is it that you do that stands out from everyone else? Because you're not obviously the only player in this uh, in this industry. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I guess what we do is um, a lot of podcasters are hobbyists. Uh, you know, there, there seems to be quite a jump before it becomes a professional thing that someone is doing full time. And because we jumped into it so full on and head first, uh, we've actually worked on probably more shows than an awful lot of hobbyists will ever do in their lifetime just from working with different people and also the different industries. And I think one of the things which has differentiated us, especially working with the U.S., is that we actually use the time difference to our advantage. So, for instance, we have some sports shows that we're working with in the U.S., one of which is based in Orlando. Well, it's a topical show. It's a sports show, right? So they record on a Thursday night. They get the, they, they get the details over to us. Uh, we, we wake up. We edit while you guys sleep. And it's, you know, but by the time they wake up in the morning, the show is ready to rock and roll and has been scheduled for release. We also kind of have that sensibility where we have an outside pair of eyes as well. I've always been full into us content to be honest right? yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we, we have some great sitcoms here but i'm a friends fan i like i like i like science <laughs> you know king of queens is my jam um and i'm showing my age by the <laughs> yeah old, i was, old, I was old, gonna say man but i'm like stop stop you're showing your age man <laughs> <laughs> one of those shows finished in 2000 just throw stranger um, things in there just throw stranger things in <laughs> yeah right <laughs> um but i like i very very rarely watch UK uh, content, UK shows, that kind of thing. I just prefer the production value and uh, et cetera uh, that you guys produce. So we, and, and the same thing with podcasting. Like I, I'm, uh, I'm not a soccer fan, never have been. I'm, I'm an NFL fan. Um, and, you know, there's not a huge amount of us in the UK, but it is a growing market. Um, <laughs> and um, so, my, you know, the rest of the guys in the company, they listen to a bunch of soccer podcasts. Great. For me, it's never really been much um, UK content that I've necessarily, you know, really fallen in love with. Whereas I listen to US shows, I listen to Joe Rogan, Joey Diaz, I listen to Gary Vee and Tim Ferriss and Jocko Willink. And depending on my mood, obviously, as you can tell, <laughs> very different podcasts. Um, but essentially, I, I think having that love of US content, but also an outside pair of eyes has allowed us to really help people create content because we can see it from both an international view and a local view, but also the experience we've had. And to be honest, I was, as we just finished our third year, I was trying to get the guys to total up just how many shows we've released. How many have you done? I, we, we lost count in the hundreds. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, basically I've been told that it's far too much of an undertaking to start putting a real number together. Um, but I wanted a high five if we'd hit a thousand basically, but, um, and that has been everything from like launching shows to taking over the, uh, the, the, the production back of a back end show. We've worked with some of the biggest companies in the world, some of which I can't mention because of NDAs, but should we just say massive, massive uh, shoe manufacturers? Rhymes with Schmebazon. No. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, rhymes with indeed. <laughs> um, and, and I think that diversity of show, podcaster, budget, has really allowed us to bring something to the table when we're working with podcasting. You know, I'm just kind of focusing on podcasting, but 
very similar with digital marketing and the rest of the content creation we do. Because we've worked with a real variety of budgets and clients, we have seen a lot of things. So we can help a lot of people kind of hit the ground running from day one and say, you know, don't do this or do do this. Or have you thought about doubling down on creating content like this when you're doing that? And it, it kind of helps differentiate us from from where other people may, may not have that experience. Let me pull the thread on that a little bit more, that that idea of digital marketing, digital content creation, you know, the things that you do that a lot of other podcast production companies don't do or, or, or at least don't do well. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Jay, as a podcaster, you know this, but I see people all the time. They're pitching their shows. They're pitching their services, things like coaching, consulting, pitching their products, courses, webinars, whatever. <laughs> and look, I don't begrudge them. Like people, there's a lot of just tremendous value that's out there. I mean, I'm, I'm one of those people, right? But anything you can think of is, is being pitched online and, and they do this in a variety of ways. And so given that experience that you were just talking about and your expertise over the last three years uh, doing this, what are people getting wrong when they advertise online or when they create digital content mm. online? So again, I'm, I'm very focused and one of the reasons we've been successful as a digital marketing agency um, is uh, our focus on sales. I'm one of the few digital marketers on the planet who will say that digital marketing does not work, dot, 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 without sales. <laughs> for a B2C business, I've seen marketing work fantastically uh, and get out there. But for any business to customer, I've seen marketing work fantastically. Um, I own businesses that, that are B2C and marketing can can really help and push them. But when you're a business to business company, I think you have to have sales. And I think one of the problems a lot of people do is they pitch, but they don't have a sales process. So they'll pitch that they'll be the first person to reply on a group or first person to, uh, you know, get in touch with the, the person. But then they get the whole, oh, I'm scared of sales thing. And they don't necessarily follow up or they don't keep on, uh, they don't maybe make a scheduler a callback for the time when they say they will, or make sure that they actually follow up. And it's difficult because um, sales is very different. And one of the things I've learned over the last three years is actually sales is very, very different depending on culture. So the US style of selling is very, very different to <laughs> us reserved Brits. Um, yep. <laughs> and thankfully, I have a... Um, uh, a podcast that we've worked for a long time called The Grind, The Grind Podcast US with Joey Talk and uh, and Jason Harmon. And uh, at one point, they gave me a little message and were like, yeah, more, you know, every day, callback. I mean, these are, these are sales animals. But I think um, <laughs> one of the problems that people do with content is, with a marketing head-on, is they either release only value, they only give away, and they never ask for, you know, the give. They never ask. The to call say, to action. Like, you know, yeah. yeah, exactly. The call to action. They never say, contact me here. Or they only do that and they never give anything away. Um, we have something that we talked about quite a lot in our podcast, which is called the rule of three, which is give, give, take. So, you know, I, I don't want my audience, I don't want our target audience who are follow, our followers, whatever you want to call them, to be constantly bombarded with, hey, buy me, buy me, buy me, right. buy me, buy me. Because as a buyer myself, I'm not interested in that. I want to add value to our um, audience. I want people to follow us for a good reason to say, oh, look, there's more pertinent information. And, you know, look, we've gone to back to basics and released a whole podcast series on 
how to start a podcast and like real simple basics for people who've never seen it before. That's not necessarily going to sit with all of our audience, but it is helpful for those who need it. So that give that, that rule of three, the give, give, take, if we're giving away two pieces of content, then let's make sure there's a call to action on the third. Mm-hmm. To be honest, we probably go a little bit further than that and make sure that everything we release has some sort of call to action because every piece of content is someone's first piece of content. And that might be the bit of content that they see where they're like, hey, I want to work with those guys or, oh, I need that thing too. So on every blog we release, it'll be like, look, contact us at GLProUK or it'll have an email address or something to, to kind of send people back to our funnel so we can put it back in. And as I said before, it can be passed over to our wonderful sales team uh, or myself and we can then you know, get in touch and start the sales process as well. I think too many people rely on marketing being this magical, etherical, wonderful thing, which is just going to bring business in from nowhere. And it can do. But I think backed up with a sales process means that you're not only creating content, but you're doing it mindfully. Yeah. And I think part of that comes from kind of reeled off some people, Tim Ferriss, Gary Vee, and some of those cats. And and uh, I listened to Pat Flynn, Smart Passive Income. And yeah. those guys kind of hit it at the right time. And they had a, a very uh, clear message and so, you know, it was easy for them in some ways because of what the value that they're offering that mm-hmm. even if they're not doing a call to action, they're getting people that are kind of contacting them and, and they're growing their email list and things like that. But for the vast majority of people, like you have to be a little bit more intentional about, like you said, I like agree. content, content, and then call to action, a clear call <laughs> to action. Like it can't just be some nebulous thing. Yeah. If you're interested, maybe get in touch. No. No, I'm not interested in maybe getting tired. Yeah, right. Like kind of maybe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's and that's what I mean by the people get scared of sales. Like, you know, you have to ask. If you don't ask, you don't get. Mm-hmm. When you were a kid, you didn't get any cookies. If you were like, Mom, I was thinking about maybe asking you for cookies next week. You know, <laughs> you went, Mom, I want cookies. I want cookies. I want, I want cookies. I want cookies. I always think of, you ever see the movie um, Field of Dreams? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if you build it, they will come. And I think in online content creation, online businesses, especially with podcasting and Mm. blogging, people are like, well, if I build it, they will come, right? Like if I build it, people will just want my goodness and they'll, they'll, they'll contact me. And that's not how it works. Like you need to give people a clear like signal, Hey, here's the call to action. Do this, do that. And then Mm. you, you'll have better success. Well, I guess you can almost take it a step further because it may work. And if you build it, they may come, but then what are they going to do when they're there? You know, and that's that's where the call to action comes in, because like if they build it and they come good now buy my thing. Um, okay. Or even just like signaling them to go like to this other this other piece of content that's related. Like it can't just be like I'm going to put good stuff out in the world and expect everybody to just recognize my brilliance. <laughs> mm. And I think, you know, let's not get lost in the term sales too much as well. But I, I guess I do mean a call to action because it can be as simple as you know, maybe your goals are to increase your followers mm-hmm. because later on down the line, you want to do some paid ads specifically to your followers. So you want to increase that audience base now. Wonderful. We'll, we'll, we'll know that, have that as a strategy and understand that that's what your goals are. And then when you're releasing content and more importantly, creating content, have that in mind. So it, um, you know, it's going to help. <laughs> well, to that point, I was just listening to uh, an episode by Pat Flynn on his Smart Passive Income. I think it was episode mm. 263, Clay Collins, who's the founder of Lead Pages and Dripco. 
And oh, wow. he talks about, if you haven't listened to this episode, highly recommend it. It's talking about laddering up from a six figure, basically like $7,000 a month to a seven figure business. And long story short, I'll just kind of smash cut to, to the important <laughs> piece. <laughs> smash cut. Um, he talks about how if you want to build this, you know, ladder up to this seven figure business, you first must build on the first ladder rung a minimum viable audience of mm. 2000 he doesn't say passionate followers but he, i think that's kind of what he means but basically you got to get to at least like 2000 people who are willing to like listen to you and i think that's like it makes sense he goes through kind of the logic of that and how you can convert you know if, if you're looking at average sales blah 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 and i i guess for 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 my question for you is given that this is kind of what you do with social media marketing and and content creation online like how do we what are the best approaches for us to to build that community of 2000 passionate followers so first and foremost the thing to do is work out who those those passionate followers are going to be for you and your business work out you know if if it's a b2b business and you know your business to business then work out who was your best customer of last year or who's your um who's your hero customer if if i could have one customer they would look like this Mm -hmm. right um or if you're a brand same thing you know i really want high-end people to follow my business or i want low low income people who, who like to spend lots but a little amount for my business whatever it is right work out the profile for who they are first and foremost and that sounds dead smart right <laughs> and it sounds really difficult but it's it's not because if you start to dig into just who they are if you can you know if you can give me five people from one thing you can find similarities are they the same gender are they the same age are they in the same location are they did they earn the same kind of amount do they have the same interests you know whatever those similarities that you can find that's where you're going to start to uh, build your profile the profile is important because that's going to inform you about what social media platforms you want them want to focus on there's no point if you are looking for the older market, uh, the 50 plus market, there's no point in having Snapchat and Instagram because there's just not enough 50 plus on that platform, on those platforms. Right. So build your profile and then you're going to start to see, okay, cool. Uh, that's where these people are. And let's say we're looking at people, my, my target is between 18 and 35. Okay, cool. So now I know that Instagram is going to be good for them. And the, the, you know, the, deciding which platform would be best for your platform is a very, very Googleable. <laughs> um, but it's, you know, it's, it's absolutely something you can find out. You can, you can search, you know, what is the demographics on Facebook? You'll get a thousand blogs, but you can do a little research for an hour and, 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 and decide on that. But if we're targeting, you know, let's say that area of, of 18 to 35s, then, you know, Instagram is good right now. Facebook's still the heavyweight champion. It is what it is. And also it owns Instagram. So if you're going to do paid advertising, great news. It can sit across both of them. But then start to look at the content. If you have a profile, then you know who you're trying to get a hold of, who you're trying to speak to. Well, then put yourself in their shoes and think about what they need to hear. There's no point talking about flossing to the 50 plus year old that they're not going to care right i don't um, have any teeth anymore man <laughs> <laughs> right um so you want to think about that and then when you're creating the content and if you're looking to grow those meaningful um i, I like the idea of meaningful audience or <laughs> passionate audience mm-hmm. um then think about what they might be passionate about 
because that's going to be really important to them. Then I'd suggest, and you know, if we're talking about a business or a brand which has zero content right now, I'd really suggest to pick out a couple of days and do a content building day. So try and create as much content in that one day as you can. If you can take 180 photos in that day, you can post every single day on Instagram for six months. Mm-hmm. Now, they're going to be pretty boring and they're going to be very similar because it's all shot in a day. I get that. <laughs> But what I'm talking about is not finding yourself two months down the line with no photos to take. If you can also create some video at the same point. And, you know, like I say, I run a production company. We have all of this at our fingertips. We, you know, cameras and podcast stuff and this stuff and that stuff. And, and, you know, clearly I don't know what I'm talking about because I call it stuff. But, we have, (laughs) you know, we have all of the equipment, all of the gear and no idea, as they say. Um, No, we have all of the equipment at our fingertips and we still have specific days where we try and walk away with creating content. And why we set up a specific day like that is because we will pick four or five things that we're trying to achieve. And then the different versions of those things that we can do. And what I mean by that is if we're going to create a video, like a long form two, three minute video, we're also going to do another take, which is under a minute. So it can be released on Instagram. Mm. We're also going to do something which is like 30 to 45 seconds. So it can be a great ad that we can use for paid in the future. If you're looking to build a 2,000 person passionate audience, then look at, you know, what are the five things that you can create? So you can release one thing every month and then double down on those five things. You can create two or three pieces of content per thing. Then you can release two or three bits of content each month around one theme. Okay. Got some notes for myself as well. <laughs> I want to I want to pivot here and and talk about entrepreneurship for just a moment in part because we talk to successful entrepreneurs and there's always some really good insights that we can derive from that. Jay, you're obviously successful and thriving and as an entrepreneur. I mean, you and your co-founder have have run GL Pro UK for um, three years now. Which time you look at the statistics of entrepreneurship after a year, there's some you know significant percentage that are they're out of business. After five years, it's it's like ninety percent, I think, or something like that. So you obviously know what you're doing, and, and you and you're successful. So for those of us that are that are thinking about starting our own business, or, or maybe like maybe we have, and it's still just early days. Okay, what's the Let's say, what's the one piece of advice you would give us as we set out on this adventure? It's very addictive and it's very attractive to be the person who's working really, really hard. And it's, it, it can easily be something that you fall in love with. And when I say fall in love with, I mean like the persona of being the really hardworking guy. Yeah, like I'm the guy making it happen. <laughs> totally, right? You know, I, I follow Mark Wahlberg on Instagram and he's up at three o'clock in the morning. I'm like, I can get up at three. I can't <laughs> get up at three o'clock in the morning. I'm too tired. Um, <laughs> So I think when you're starting a business, it's the most exciting thing in the world, but it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. So you have to set up processes and you have to set up ways of working where you can work incredibly hard for a very long time, for a very, very, very long time, (laughs) Um, (laughs) as, as you said. And I think that's maybe one of the reasons why so many businesses drop off after a year is after a year, people look back and say, oh, I'm broke. I work 16 hours a day, seven days a week. I'm tired. I'm stressed. I'm, I'm only just starting to get a little momentum. I'm going to go and get a job. <laughs> yeah, screw this. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can't do this anymore. Like, what's the point? And I'd be absolutely lying if me and my business partner weren't there after a year. 
but we pushed through and you know it's now as you say and, and, and thank you for saying it but it's now a successful business where we don't have to look back after every year and say oh I'm broke and I hate this we can look back and say hey what a successful year can't wait for the next five we've also started other businesses as well I really felt I absolutely fell ahead what are some of the other businesses that you have Okay, so um, we have just started um, a company called The Toasty Crew, which is a street food cheese, uh, grilled cheese um, company, which um, is doing festivals and farmers markets and all those kind of things. We're also looking at potentially opening a a tattoo studio in Tampa. Nice. Um, Yeah. So if you like tattoos, check out, I'll I'll send it to you after this because I don't think I have it handy, but I think it's called on on Instagram, Danny B Tattoos, I think. Um, It may may be wrong, but I'll send it to you. This guy is off the hook, legit, (laughs) amazing. He does some of the best tattoos I've ever seen. Like I told my wife, I was like, my next tattoo is coming from this cat because he is amazing. (laughs) <laughs> I'll send it to you afterwards. I love it. Yeah, no, please do. Please do. I love following things like that. <laughs> um, and I guess, you know, to, to, go, to go back to your question, the it's like, as I said, it's so easy to fall in love with being, uh, you, you, you listen to things like Gary Vee or you watch Gary Vee and, you know, the endless positivity yeah. that, that everyone is pushing. And then you look at yourself and you're like, hey, I'm not that happy. I'm not that positive. And it's probably because you're tired. And you're exhausted, not seeing the results that maybe you want to see because you're killing yourself every day. That killing yourself thing is absolutely pertinent. It's the most important thing you can do to be to be successful because this entrepreneurship thing, although it's very in vogue and it's very cool to be right now, it's not easy. It's the hardest thing I've ever done. And you'll constantly hear me shout from my office like, I didn't do a business degree uh, because I didn't. Like, I don't know any of this stuff. I, I didn't know. Like, we have uh, pension payments and uh, government payments and this payment and that payment and rent and insurance and stuff. And I'm like, I didn't know any of this. I was a sales guy a few years ago. You know? yep. um, so I think that's hugely important is to not get caught up in um, how much you enjoy your persona one of the things that being a managing director or CEO, as it would be in the US, um, has taught me is that the title means nothing. I stopped caring about my title the minute I got to the top of a company. <laughs> <laughs> and, and anyone I speak to who's an MD, they're like, take it, keep it. Yeah. Right? And I don't mean to be negative, but you have to work harder than everybody else. And you have to be there earlier and leave later. And you have to care a little bit more. And that's very, very difficult. So I really think it's important to put processes in day one to say I'm going to work this hard uh, and I'm going to have this much rest because I need it to work that hard again tomorrow and find your the work-life balance is is something I don't always like to talk about because I'm not very good at it it's tough it it, it really is it really is and for me the reason that the work-life balance has been able to happen is I've got one of the all-time great women behind me and I say behind me only personally um because uh, she would never work for me in a million years (laughs) Um, but when you know I was making six figures and working in sales and I turned around to her and said hey I want to stop doing this and go and work in a shed with my best mate um she was the first person to be like go Go and do it now. You hate what you're doing. Yes, we're making fabulous money, but just go and do it. And it's not been an easy three years. Like I work an awful lot. I travel an awful lot. I've just come back probably a month or so ago from from the US again. I was speaking at a conference and making those decisions as a couple and uh, in our personal life hasn't been easy. 
But it's been absolute necessity to make sure that we've been successful in the business. And that will mean that we're ultimately more successful in our personal lives as well. Yeah, no, it's a, that's, a, that's a real thing. My wife and I, we've had our struggles with me doing my podcast and my business. And I think early on, I probably didn't follow that advice that you were saying. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to Gary V this thing. And I'm going to, I'm just going to go out there and like, you know, in some ways it was like, my business was just kind of happening to my wife. And, and finally she kind of like sat me down and was like, listen, you know, you like, you can't, you can't always just do what you want to do. Like we got to have a, so having, having somebody uh, on board and and on, on the same page is really important. But that's, that's a really great way of putting it, that your business was happening to her. Um, that's exactly what was happening for the first year or 18 months uh, of our business. And thankfully, I kind of spotted that it's not really fair. And I've worked out, you know, the weekends. I, I now find my time to turn off. There's certain I set myself tasks and things that I have to get done at the weekend. But otherwise, I will have like this is off day. I'm turning my phone off. I work in social media. It's like I can constantly just sit on Instagram. Oh, yeah. <laughs> forever. Right. Um, or I can just sit listening to podcasts, critiquing stuff and contacting people. Or I can just sell all the time and send people messages, send people messages. But I can't do that seven days a week, 365 days a year without it being compromised. Mm-hmm. I can't do it as well on day one as I can on day 365. It's just not possible, especially if I haven't had a break. Whereas if I have five straight days of killing it like an animal and working 12, 16 hour days, whatever, and then a two days rest where I get to spend time with one of the most beautiful people on the planet, then I'm rejuvenated. I remember why I want to do this on a Monday morning and I can get up early and hit the gym and feel fantastic and get to work early and, and put all that effort in. So I, I think my, my, my biggest bit of advice for anyone who's starting out on this journey is, is, is you will have to work hard. You will have to work so much harder than you ever have before. And you'll be shocked at just how hard you weren't working before. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Especially when you used to complain. That's the other thing. You can't complain when you run a business because no one cares. Um, (laughs) but, (laughs) um, But don't fall in love with your own persona. It's too easy. I see too many people being busy for busy sake and they're not successful. Be busy for a reason. Make a plan uh, make sure that you're putting it through and, 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 and really push through to make sure that you, you achieve those goals in a way that is sustainable for a long period of time. Love it. Jay, for any of us that, that might want to work with you and, and your, your team at GL Pro UK, what should we know and, and what's, the be, what's the best way for us to contact you or work with you? Sure. So um, you can follow us everywhere um, and that's <laughs> at GL Pro UK. Instagram is good. If you want to contact me directly um, uh, on Instagram, I'm Dr. Love Groove, uh, which is a story for another podcast. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, But also just get in touch. Like one of the things we really shout about is the fact that we're a social media company, right? We're a digital marketing company. So being social is our thing. We have a forced jogging bottom policy in the office, right? I don't want to see jeans and I want to see slacks. I want everyone comfy. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, um, we're really, you know, we're real open guys. You want to get in touch with us, then drop us a line at GL Pro UK. We're very, very responsive. We really like the social part of social media as much as we enjoy the media side. Or you can contact my, myself, um, which is jay at glpro.co.uk. Okay, cool. Jay, before we move on to the last part of the show, is there anything else we should know 
just in general about, you know, what you do or, or social media advertising in particular? So I guess one of the things which, um, you know, if you listen to as many podcasts as I do, you're starting to hear more and more. But from our experience, we're really starting to see um, organic growth is starting to diminish. And without getting too complex, organic growth uh, or organic marketing is essentially not paid. Um, let's just keep it at that without getting too complex. <laughs> no, no. Um, so what I would suggest is putting together a strategy and thinking about how you're going to use paid advertising effectively, and especially to the small businesses out there, especially to the new businesses and the small businesses who don't necessarily have a great big pot of gold uh, for their marketing budget sat beside their desk that they can just throw good money at. Think about ways, A, think about your goals of what you want to achieve, and then think about ways that that can be done and start small. You can advertise on Facebook, for instance, for as little as a dollar a day, right? So see how that works. See if you get some traction. If it works, put more money into it. What I would say is don't just hear what I'm saying and jump straight to the well. One pound. If, if, if a dollar would work, I'll do 10. I'll do 100, right? <laughs> Classic American approach. <laughs> <laughs> so I love you guys. <laughs> One um, cheeseburger is fantastic. Five cheeseburger is amazing. <laughs> Five double-doubles. Now we're talking. Um, <laughs> see, I'm totally that guy. Um, so, but, uh, but think about it, you know, with your business. Again, it's, it is a marathon. It's not a sprint. So if you can advertise a day, then think of something which is scalable that you can do for a long period of time. Saying that, content creation is going to become more and more important as the advertising or the paid advertising or paid side of marketing increases because – if I'm getting more and more paid ads put in front of me, I'm only going to react with the ones which have content that I'm interested in. And don't get too caught up on the term content because everyone throws it around too much. But let's just call it stuff. Make stuff. Make stuff which speaks to your audience. Make videos. And, you know, if you don't have the best video camera in the world, like I was saying earlier, grab your phone, start recording. You'll get better at it the more you do it. And when you start to see a response, then you can start to invest in better equipment or better quality or more time mm -hmm. that you're going to spend on it. Same thing with podcasting. I've seen people have great podcasts. Joe Rogan. I've heard Joe Rogan's podcasts where he's recorded on a phone on a plane. And, you know. He's, he's a good example of how you can get better because his first podcast and I, I'll probably never be on his show or he'll probably never be on my show. So I could say this, but like his first podcast sucked. And now he, he is an amazing interviewer. The quality, mm. both in audio and interviewing is fantastic. It's in the top five. Absolutely. And I intend to be on this show one day and I still think his first episode sucked. Um, <laughs> it, but, but, but part of that is because the equipment's become more affordable across the board. I honestly think for about 500 bucks, uh, investment, you can purchase equipment which gets you to near studio quality. And then the rest of it you're focusing on is like, is this a good room? Mm -hmm. Is this, you know, is, is there an, a, an AC unit right behind me? Okay, right. let me turn that off. Um, you know, and that's not at 500 bucks. Listen, that's a lot of money, but it's not a huge amount of money to get up to that level of quality. And I think one of the things that um, Joe Rogan's done very, very well is he just releases tons and tons of content over and over and over again doesn't think about it too much and i mean he's become a phenomenal interviewer a phenomenal interviewer mm -hmm. anyone who's listened to the uh the elon musk episode which was if you only listen to it on audio is a very awkward show to listen to because <laughs> 
Elon is clearly a very um, precise and thought out guy. So he's taking big, big sections of time to think in between answers. Mm -hmm. Um, Can tell that he's a great interviewer because he sat down and spoken to enough people now that he knows the different nuances. He knows how to fill dead air. He's in a good spot. And that's absolutely true of any content creation. If you're going to do a daily vlog, be ready and get used to it because the first few are going to suck. And you're going to look back in a year's time and be like, wow, I sucked. Oh, no. You know, I'm glad that you said that because one of the things I preach so in my business, I consult uh, with companies, individuals, and organizations. I teach them kind of the fundamentals of innovation. And one of the things that people never believe me or they're always kind of taken aback is I said, listen, everybody thinks their ideas are amazing. But the reality is, is that your first ideas and most of your ideas are going to suck. And like the sooner you get comfortable with that, the sooner you can start getting feedback to make it better. (laughs) Absolutely. And one of the great things is in, in, in 2018 or 2019 is the fact that we have the tools available to us. We have our phones. We have something as simple as a Zoom recorder or, you know, we have all of this equipment, which isn't too expensive, where we can capture ourselves doing something, see it and analyze and go, ah, OK, that's awful. So, for instance, when I started doing vlogs, I would do the same thing that everyone does and I'd stare at my own picture because I'm a ridiculous egotistical maniac um, <laughs> but <laughs> what i realized is is that's not how i like to uh, speak to people i like to look people in the eye so now when i do vlogs i stare at the camera and not my beautiful face because it makes for a better video when someone else is looking at it boom i'm staring them in the eyes and not staring at their chin um because of the way <laughs> doing it and that's only from looking at it and analyzing it and i know a lot of uh, comedians who do it who do the same thing they, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll watch and record audio and video of them doing stand-up and say, oh, okay, I really get the laugh when I do this with my eyes. Or when I say that joke really, like, you know, that, that, that punchline really loudly. Or if I whisper that bit, it really reacts. And you can only do that by looking at the analysis of it. But also, just do. Just do and do and do. Because we're in, a con- we're in such a content-hungry environment, there's no problem with releasing five or six things which aren't going to be great in a year if it means that it leads to you creating 60 things which are greater create content get involved in it and some of those you know initial ideas will suck (laughs) it is what it is but you're not going to get to the great idea without starting somewhere 100 percent agree with that jay it's time for my favorite part of the show this is where we talk about one of the very best habits that we can adopt today And that's the habit of reading. I want you to think about the books you've really enjoyed over the years or books that have impacted you deeply. What are the two or three books that stand out for you? So this is a horrendous question to ask (laughs) (laughs) because I try and read 50 plus books a year. I have done for a long time. I'm, I've always been a, so. I, uh, I, as a child, I had really, really bad dyslexia, and I still do, to be honest, to this day. It, uh, dyslexia isn't something which necessarily goes away. What I have found is that you know, that, and that's a, a reading and writing malfunction in the brain. What I've found is by flexing that muscle as often as possible, is that I'm better and better at it. Now I send, God knows. 40 50 60 emails every single day so i'm writing a lot and i'm reading them but actually reading a book is a real important thing for me and as soon as i stop reading i can almost 
I can almost pick the time when I'm going to be useless. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to read quite as well. So I read very, very quickly. And um, when I when I started this whole like try and read 50 books a year thing, I've actually done some speed reading courses as well. So I can really kind of devour Ooh, books. What are some speed reading courses real quick uh, that, that we can that we can take? I, got admit, I literally uh, found people who, who could come and, and sit down in the company and talk to us. So it's all local things. But okay. search, have a look at reviews. Yeah, I didn't do any online, I'm afraid. I did them okay. with actually Fair enough, fair because, enough. But that's mostly because that's the way I learn. I, I, again, because I'm dyslexic, I find that the way I learn easiest is being told something by someone. Um, I'm not great at – I need to ask questions, basically. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. Need to ask have someone respond um so books that have really impacted me though if we're talking about business books like extreme ownership um, by jocko willink is incredible um and will will upset you more than anything um because you realize just how often that you moan about things yeah um, also books like shantaram if you ever get the chance to read shantaram by gregory david roberts wow yeah well dude Awesome, awesome book. I tell people all the time, this is a fantastic book. Have you read his follow-up? I haven't because I heard bad things. Yeah. I think he was like, this is his, like, he kind of, he shot his, <laughs> his one, his one good thing in life, I guess, for, and, and then he just, I think he's retired from writing and th- th- that was his thing. There was a lot of controversy about the book as well because he said it was completely bio, uh, autobiographical and then it wasn't and then there was bits and stuff he's made up and things. Um, but that's a really great book to – and listen, I did not read that book in a week. No chance. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a 999-page book or something. But it's, it's, oh, it's, man. It's like font six as well. Like <laughs> Yeah. I, I'd hate to even know how many words are in that book. Um, but it's a phenomenal book and what's one of the best things about it is the journey. And I think – for me, it really helps me to read uh, journeys that people have gone on. It helps expand my mind, but also, more importantly, expand my horizons. And seeing someone who's been through such an incredible journey like they are in Shantaram makes me think, like, okay, cool, well, maybe I can do a little bit more here, or maybe I will take that risk, or maybe I will try that thing. And then finally, I guess, if I'm, if I'm picking three, my favorite sales book ever, not only because of the title, but also because it's a wonderful, wonderful sales process is you can't teach a fish to read. Uh, sorry, you can't teach a fish to ride a bike at a seminar. <laughs> Love that. That's awesome. And that, that is a book about the Sandler sales system, which is um, a wonderful way of selling, which kind of brings a quality back to both yourself and also the people you're working with. And I'm very big on saying, you know, if you don't want to work with me, tell me now and I'll stop wasting my time and having that kind of level of quality. And uh, that's a book I go back to every now and again and has wonderful processes to kind of help you do there. And also, if you get a chance, read all the Gary Vee stuff as well, because it's, 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 it's a fun, good read. Gary Vee, uh, yeah, I, I like that guy, but I kind of hate that guy because oh, totally. I, I think he's I mean, and in, in, in lately, I think it's reflected in his content where he started to say, so if you're listening, like, look, if you're listening to us now and you're like, Gary Vee, who is that? He's basically a guy who's his whole thing is about just crushing it and like getting out there and grinding it. And like, if you want to be a podcaster, then podcast, like it doesn't matter how many people you're you know, listening to you, like just go and do it, work, get better. And he talks about how he worked, you know, 18 hours a day for five mm-hmm. years, you know, not making any progress. And then it finally came to him. But I'm also kind of like, Gary, like, you know, you're. Not everybody's wired that way. Not everybody oh. wants to work eight hours or can work 18 hours a day. 
And some people want to spend time with their family. Like if I, like I've got three kids, man. If if I was like, you know what, honey, I'm I'm gonna just grind it for 18 hours a day here and and do my thing. She'd be like, hey, you had these kids. You're 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 a parent too, right? So <laughs> you can grind, but 10 hours of that grind is taking care of your children. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Like he, he kind of like ticks me off sometimes. I mean, he he makes great content, but also the endless positivity. Um, I think isn't fair. Because a lot of us, especially business owners and especially new business owners, aren't necessarily positive for every minute of every day. And trying to be is detrimental. It's not a good idea to just force positivity. Mm -hmm. Um, I am endlessly positive. I really try and be. And I think almost sometimes I get caught up in the idea. And a lot of it's Gary Vee's fault. Um, (laughs) Damn you, Gary Vee. Totally right, um, but I get, I, I get caught up in or lost in the idea that it's my responsibility. It's my responsibility um, as at home to be positive for my lovely lady when I've worked too many hours and I'm tired and I don't care anymore. To be like, no, no, great day, great day. It's my responsibility for my sales team. It's my responsibility for um, the company as a whole. It's responsibility for my business partners, my friends, and yeah. It is, but also at the same point, it's my responsibility to be honest with myself and all of those parties. And if I'm having a hard time to be a big enough man, I, and you know, I don't like to use that term in 2018 or 2019 because you can get jumped on, but um, you know, to be a big enough person to say, "Hey, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm having trouble here. I'm having trouble being positive. How do I, how do I help you know myself? And how can you help me?" And by surrounding yourself by good people, then you can do that. And I think it's probably quite easy to be endlessly positive when you're making so much money, but when you're <laughs> wading through the mud. Um, <laughs> yeah, like when you're just trying to make it, man, you know? Yeah, and it's hard and you can't see progress and you're not making any money. And like I say, at the end of that first year, you're broke because you put every penny you can back into the company and you're, you're working your tail off and you're still driving an old car and all that kind of thing, right? Yeah. And you can't see any you know benefits and you're not seeing your three kids as often as you should do. It's hard to be honestly positive. And I think um, maybe too many of these uh, motivational speakers and people who are telling you how to live your life kind of leave out the points that it's hard it's okay if it's hard just don't get lost in it don't get into the throngs of depression because you're you know you can't see the wood for the trees and you can't see an exit out of this because that's not the way to do it you know sit down think about how you're going to keep positive or at very least how you're going to keep not negative, <laughs> unnegative, if you will, um, because it will help you in your business. And it worries me sometimes when I watch people fall down the, the Gary V rabbit hole for the first time. And, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, here comes a couple of months of positivity, you know. <laughs> yeah. And as, uh, as fantastic a tool as I think that is, I just think it's um, maybe not always the full message and maybe, maybe, maybe sometimes a little bit of a false message. 100% agree there. Jay, this has been fantastic. Thanks for sharing your goodness, your insights. This is a fantastic uh, conversation. I'm taking away a lot of concrete things that I can do and change in my own business, and, and I know the rest of us are as well. Thank you, Tom. Honestly, it's been really, really nice talking to you, and I know that we've been trying to make this happen for a little while, so thank you for persevering with me, and, uh, and I'm really glad we found a bit of time to, to make this happen. And you know, I've really, really enjoyed myself. Thank you very much. No problem. This is just a reminder that today's episode was sponsored by Tom Hefner Enterprises Innovation Training. If you love today's topic of online advertising and marketing with Jay, 
and you want to boost your ability to be more creative when it comes to building your own marketing, then be sure to check out this innovation training program. You'll learn the fundamentals of innovation and be able to apply all of that goodness to your own online advertising and marketing needs right away. Just head over to tomhefner.com work to connect and learn more. You can connect with Jay online through his company website, glpro.co.uk and on Instagram with the handle at jludgrove. All the links and resources Jay and I discussed can be found at the page created just for this episode. You'll find it all at nextyearnowpodcast.com slash 63. And finally, just a reminder, if you like the show and enjoy learning from our guests each week, please consider giving us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps us stay relevant and findable by listeners like you. That's it for today. I'll see you next time.